Hello and welcome to Game of Moans, a podcast where we are re-watching Game of Thrones an episode at a time. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, our very own mountain, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And here we go. Uh, I mentioned last week, I love this one, Season 7, Episode 6, Beyond the Wall. Uh, yeah, not going to bury the lead. Uh, first time out, this was probably my favourite episode of the run. Um, yeah, it's it's a good episode. There's some good bits in it. I mean, there are some huge fucking logic gaps in it, which we'll come to as we go oh, through. Yes. But, oh, um, yes. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I give them a pass on most of them because I love... Uh, I just love everything that's going on so much i i get i won't bury the lead i i didn't enjoy this as much second time as i did first no, time out um uh but nevertheless it's still i i think a very good episode but we'll we'll dive in and go through it anyways we normally yeah. do but yeah you are dead right there are uh, i actually say it in my summation at the end there are logic gaps here you know there are plot holes you could drive a fucking bus through here yeah um but look there's also fucking zombie bears so well, you know, I mean, the, the zombie bear, actually, I've just been reading about this. Apparently, they wanted to put get this in somewhere for, like, four seasons, and they were told, no, you haven't got the budget. No, fuck off. No, you can't do it. No, you can't do it. So at this point, they went, well, fuck it. We're going to write it in anyway, so you're going to have to do it. I'm glad uh, they fucking did. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's one of those, on one hand, you think that sounds like an absolute dick move. They've been told they can't do it. They've gone, fuck you, we're doing it anyway. But on the other hand, you know, if, they, if they've lobbied and lobbied and lobbied and gone, we need them, we want it, we want it. It'll be cool, it'll be good, it'll work. And then they've got to this point and gone, you know what? We're spending fucking $10 million an episode at this point. We know we're finishing. We know we're wrapping it up. Give us the fucking bear. And they've yeah. just gone in and put it. And I've got to be honest, it really does work. Actually, I really like that sequence. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love all of that stuff north of the wall. Um, but I mean, let, let's let's dive in then. So, um, as usual, uh, dull opening. Good visual. Really good, good visual, visual, but yeah, really fucking slow, though. Just dull. Um, I mean, the first thing of note, really, is, is the discussion we get between Tormund and John. Um, which is good. I think it shows growth for Tormund, this, this discussion. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, there's some good stuff. There's a lot of good character work in general throughout this episode for all of the guys north of the wall. Um, yeah. But, it, you know, in particular, you know, we've seen Tormund and John quite a lot now, so it shouldn't surprise us that we get um, good stuff with the two of them. The, the one that, the first one that you really sink your teeth into is when we get John and Jorah um, yes. sort of discussing things. Now, it's not, really needed i don't think no it's not but it is good um it shows obviously you, you've got the discussion there about as as seemingly happens when anyone from the night's watch meets jorah they start talking about his dad and stuff um but then we yeah. you know we do we do get reminded um of just where jorah's come from and i i just feel like when when you get the two of these talking especially here um I kind of feel like Jorah is John in 20 years' time. Yeah. It's almost like John's kind of looking in America. You know, the, the whole thing of him not being worthy of the sword and yeah. letting John keep it and stuff like that. That very much feels like John in 20 years, where he's like, but I'm I'm not the king, and I don't want to be the king, and I don't deserve to be the king, and I'm just a bastard, and yeah. I'm just doing the right thing. And Jorah yeah. is all of that plus experience. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I hadn't really thought of it like that, but I mean, I do like the scene between them, and I think you're right. It is that sort of... You, you, but you just see it in real life as well, where if there's any sort of commonality, oh, I knew your parents, so I knew I, I used to work with so-and-so, and, -so, and you, you latch onto that common ground very quickly. So, I mean, that's, that's what everybody does with Jorah, because presumably if they know his father, they also know what he did and why he, you know, why he was exiled and all the rest of it. So it's one of those you don't really want to necessarily draw attention to the fact you know what he was, you know, you know what he's been up to. Um, 
but no, it's a really nice scene. And, and again, there's just that level. It's there's a sort of virgin respect, but it's just that sort of level of awkward as well, where they don't really know each other. They know this is the first time they've really interacted. Um, so yeah, it's, it, I I, re- I thought they did really well. I think the two of them pulled off, pulled off a very good scene. And I think that the whole thing with the sword as well. You know, it's like, well, I'm I'm not worthy of it. I don't want it. You know, you you he gave it to you, so you fucking you know, you you honor him that way. And I, I think it's a, it's a nice sort of exclamation point on it as well because there's so much put in this show about legacy and you know, birthright and all this sort of shit. And we had it with Sam and um, his father's sword. Um, I think it was the end of last season, wasn't it? When um, when before that he got to the Citadel. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 a nice little parallel to that, whereby I you know that was a thing whereby. The sword was his, and he, you know, he had to take it because it wasn't being given to him. And actually, and this is the other way around, whereby John can't give the fucking thing away. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah, as you say, it's a nice kind of parallel to that, and it it does well for both characters, I think. And any time we've got these, this group of just guys, essentially, we've got yeah. this is basically roughnecks on a mission here. Yeah. Um, but anytime any one of them interacts with another one over the course of this episode, I think we get really good character work for both of them. As I say, we even have it, you know, we're used to seeing it, I think, with Tormund and John. Yeah. Uh, because they because they do speak quite openly with each other. But what what's surprising with them here is where sort of you see this side of Tormund where actually he sort of has this discussion about how, you know, pride is you know stupid and will get you killed and things yeah. like that and he's and and that's a side of him that we haven't quite seen yet yeah you're um, right and i so, think it's, it's quite it's quite telling actually because normally he's got a even if even if he's not speaking to an audience there are normally enough people around he can't say things like that whereas now he's like i'm, I'm with a group of what eight people we're all gonna fucking die anyway yeah i might as well be is, honest it, it's a case of all of them are thinking, fucking hell, this is a suicide run. Yeah. Uh, so whatever. And as I say, you know, we had it last week. Like, they barely know each other. Those that do hate each other. Yeah. So it, there's really good stuff to be had. Um, yeah. I, I just love it. I love this entire storyline. Um, well, I wish it lasted for more than an episode. I really do. We've been, we've been saying this since we started doing this show, which was, what, fucking 18 months, nearly two years ago, I think. And... We're always talking about no, th- this is the story. This is mm-hmm. actually what the point of it is. Forget all the politics and the bats that backstabbing and the tits and all the rest of it. This is what the story is. This is the you no know, the existential threat that they're facing in this show. Yeah. So this is what we should have had. This you know, if you've got to have all the other stuff in, which they do because that's how the show works, you at least you no know, you need one or two of these every season just to really hammer home the fact there's you no know, there's a bigger world than fucking King's Landing, and yes. you know who's shagging who and who's sitting on which fucking chair this week. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it, it, it the show just takes off whenever we start exploring this side of thing. You know, the yeah. the army of the dead and all of the, the sort of folklore and stuff that people don't believe is real. That's that's where I mean, look, ultimately it's a fantasy show, so yeah. give us the fucking fantasy. Well, yeah, that's it. And I mean, we've we've said it. I mean, the door aside because the door was just really fucking badly handled. Um, episodes like Hard Home were absolutely fucking riveting. Yeah, because we know because you get no like we've had battle sequences you know, amongst you no know, where men are fighting men and yes okay they're shot very well and they're very exciting and they're very tense and all the rest of it but by and large you know it, you know you're going to get a winner and a loser when you, you know when you get these fights with the with the whites and the dead you have no fucking idea what's going to happen all bets are off yeah and so it makes it far more um, far more appealing and far more enthralling because you want to see you no know, you. You know somebody's going to die, especially yeah. being the penultimate episode of the season as well. You know somebody big is going to die. 
yeah exactly um so yeah it's, it's just all really good stuff and I, yeah. I do wish we had more of it um we do in this episode take some brief sojourns over to um well yeah it's, it's more winterfell that that i think like yeah we do go to dragonstone but sort of danny does tie in with this story as well so i yeah. sort of see that as at least kind of I tying do, in with it there was a really interesting shot actually as well um uh and it's the first time we go to dragonstone and they're cut, like it's like they 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 set the camera up on top of her war table yes i know what you mean i, yeah. was, I, I don't i couldn't quite wake out because it was it was an, an interesting shot, but I can't work out whether I liked it or not. Um, I like it. I'm not sure what it's trying to convey, other than it makes for a good transition from yeah. the scenery that we have into the war table. But it's just showy. Again, I think we're at the point here where you know we've talked about it being film school before, and I think yeah. we're at the point here where they've got handful of episodes left and maybe you know like with the beer i, I didn't realize that was something they'd always wanted but kind of feels like they've gone well should we do fuck it let's just try that shot we've talked about yeah. doing it let's try it throw it in there what we've got to lose so i think that's probably what that is but yeah we do spend a bit of time over at um over at fucking hell i am not with it tonight at all <laughs> um i i'm seriously not I'm, I'm looking through my notes here and i'm i can't even read my fucking handwriting uh, we do spend a bit of time over at Winterfell yeah. with Arya and Sansa. Um, I, I just, again, this dynamic between them, I think, is good in how measured it is. It's not what you expect, like the yeah. fight that we get between them here. Um, you know, Arya's clearly furious at yeah. Sansa, but she manages to push that down. She doesn't fly off the handle. Um, it, it's more than it's kind of more than anger that she's conveying it's, it's something else it's almost hatred here from yeah, her you know it's, I mean, it's almost I, like she feels like she's been betrayed than anything yeah um, I and this sort the of disappointment is, there even yeah I was say, the, the the problem with it is is that they clearly they're going for this bait and switch which we'll get day off or next week but it's almost as if they're trying too hard to signpost something yeah and i think that because of that i mean Aya is no Aya is trying to be measured. Sansa is trying to you know, hide her righteous indignation about the fact that she she did what she had to do to survive and all this sort of stuff. And it I don't know. It just feel it it's feeling a bit forced at the moment. I mean, it's not and it's not to do with the performances. I just think that they they spend they're spending too much time on it and they really are trying to to ram it down our throats, thinking that you know, we 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 aren't going to see what comes next week. Yeah, I mean. Again, it's it's the whole writing for surprise element, isn't it? Yeah, it's the it's, whole it, let's, let's, let's push you in, at this point. Yeah, let's push you in this direction and then write at the last minute. Ta da yeah. you know. Um but I, I like the performances for what it's worth. Yeah, I like where the performances the are going. Good. Um yeah, and, and again I, to me it feels like it conveys what it needs to convey. Um but then I know where it goes next week. So Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, I, I just I don't know, I, I think the my biggest problem with it is that because of what's going on elsewhere in the episode I don't want this. No, no, absolutely not. I, I, all I want is to see what's going on north of the wall. Because, yeah. like, you know, I mean, already, like, we've said our piece about there. Let's get back to north of the wall because, um, just again, the dynamic between this group is so fucking entertaining. Like, just some of the fucking, some of the dialogue is on fire in this episode. Like, yes. the hound, as always, is great. But I mean personal favorite of mine for the show and one that i remember from first time out i don't give a shit about wildlings gingers yeah. i hate yeah <laughs> fucking brilliant yeah and the things i mean you look at the dynamic of the group where you've, you know you've got you've got you've got the conflict between gendry and the the brotherhood 
You've got you know, poten- potential conflict with Wildings and everybody else because they all fucking hate each other. You've got Jorah and Tormund, particularly because you know, it was the uh, the history with um, with Mormon. So the, the, you know, the, everybody's got somewhere in the group where they don't want to be, and they, yeah. they keep bouncing them around, and it works really well. It's to a point where Gendry sort of, the Gendry sort of goes to have it out with them, with the Brotherhood, and they, and you no. Know, you know, Beric is trying to talk him down. Thoros and is trying to sort of, you know, make light of it a little bit. And, and the hound again, she goes, what are you fucking whinging about? They almost yeah. killed me. Yeah, but they didn't. So stop fucking whinging. It's brilliant. It's and just, it's, just, it's, it's every time anybody goes to a new scenario within that group, it's like its own little mini scene. Yeah, the and dynamic just, between the group is just phenomenal. Yeah. Everybody's on fire and it helps that the... It feels like the writers... Who wrote this? I, I, Wonder Twins. Wonder Twins, it was. I thought it was. Um, it feels like they they really have a handle on all of these characters in a way that they seldom do in the show. It feels yeah. like they... It feels like the two of them have finally got their fucking heads together instead of writing a page and sending a page and writing a page. Yeah. It feels like this has been workshopped. It, um, it because... I mean, not only that. I mean, we've said before... How many, how many times have we said before, actually, that... When they get to do stuff like this, no, it's not. Yes, okay, we know the stuff coming, but actually, the, no, the, all this this banter, for one of a better phrase, between people and between the Hound and Tormund and stuff like that, this is their wheelhouse. This is the type of shit they should be doing. And it, you know, again, if they'd focused more on this throughout the show, we wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't have spent the last sixty five weeks going, well, this is fucking bollocks, and they didn't do this, they didn't do that, because actually, they you know they'll they'll know what their niche is. So when you do get scenes of this, and it, it doesn't matter if it's there's eight of them or if it's Jamie and Bronn or Bronn and Tyrion, you know, where you've got these little clusters and they can just be completely open with each other. They actually do a really good job of it and actually and they sell these characters really well. And to a point where it's really disappointing then when you get, you know, play with their arse. Yeah, totally, because the dialogue here is is a million miles removed from that. Just you've got the comedy stuff, yeah, like the gingers and what have you. And then even just like the stuff that rings absolutely true to character, yeah. like the hound coming out with, how does a mad fucker like you live this long? Yeah. And Tormund just saying, I'm good at killing people. Yeah. You know, just absolutely true to both characters and funny because of it. There's nothing sort of immediately witty or funny about that dialogue. It's just that it rings so true to both of those characters and the timing on both performances is so good. Yeah. Um, that they get away with it really, really well. Um, and then and then amidst all of that, we've got the comedy and everything from it as well. We get lines like death is the enemy, the first and the last. Yeah, that's fucking gold. That's fucking poetry. It, it's immense. Like, how do you get stuff like that and then get play with her ass? Yeah, like, that is such a good line. Like. <laughs> And it and it fits so well in amongst this scene as well. Just it it blows me away. Like they really can do this when they want to. Yeah. Um, and know, actually, and I, I mean that whole exchange between Beric and John with the thing about no, well, I didn't ask him to bring me back. Well, neither did I. I don't know what he wants me to do. Neither do I. And it, it's just it's this reaffirmation as well. And it's 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 nice as well that it's been done. In, it's not done in a really fucking clunky, you know. No, Melisandre going, well, this is going to happen, then this is happening, this is why we did this, because I saw it in the flames. You've got people who know from the other side of it just no, just not knowing anything. And I th- again, I think it's really nicely handled. Yeah, definitely. Um, and again, yeah, it, it dives into the lore of it all that we've said before of like, you know, we need explanations for this stuff. Well, actually, it's just as it works just as well if the characters that are being brought back have a conversation like this and they just go, well, we don't know. Yeah. And now, it's okay to not know as well. I think that's something the show we'll, has suffered we'll, 
yeah, we'll go on that journey with them in that case. Yeah. But that needed to be clearer at the time. And it, it feels like it's only now they're dealing with that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, here they do deal with it. And, yeah, that scene between them is really good. Again, any t- you could take any two of these characters and put them together. And what you get is brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's really, really good. And even to the point where whether it's just because they're in a groove here and they're on fire, I don't know. But even like when we get back over to Dragonstone for the first time then and we get the Danny and, and Tyrion stuff, like this stuff, like he's too little for me. Yeah. Hilarious, awkward yeah. and hilarious and played as such. And yeah. there's like, besides being funny, there's genuine character stuff there because that hurts Tyrion and you can see it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really, really good stuff. Um, and then just when you think like the, the scene's sort of starting to trundle on a bit and you think, oh, OK, so we're just not going to deal with the last couple of weeks at all. Yeah. Um, they do attempt to, you know, unfortunately, they do then shit the bed because yes. Tyrion challenges Danny and she just throws it back in his face. And yeah. it makes you think like, well, why? Why does he even bother? Like, why does he still believe in Danny? When she's every time he questions her, she just throws it straight back in his face. But not only that, it's not even even more so than that. Not just when he questions her. Anytime she has a decision to make, you know, she she she's no, she's no, she she wants his counsel. She said no, she she trusts him and all the rest of it. But actually, when he gives her advice, she just completely fucking ignores him and yeah. does completely the wrong thing at everybody's detriment. And you say, well, uh, why is he bothering? But also, why does she? Why does she keep him around? Because she clearly don't fucking need him. No. She knows what she wants to do, and she's going to do it regardless. So, what's the fucking point? Yeah, exactly. So that that annoys me. Um, it's the first thing that annoys me in this episode. Probably. So is, that... it, so is this the same scene? I can't remember if, how they cut it around. Is this the same bit where he's talking about her succession and stuff like that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but and, and again, like you no, know, we we've seen it where you know he is clearly talking sense. She's infertile, so. There can't there can't be any heirs. We know that because you can't put a dragon on the throne. No. So well, no. You, this is something you need to be thinking about. This is something that we say. Look, okay. I don't fucking want it. No, I I, I have no claim on it. I don't want it. But you need to be thinking. Right. What am I going to do when I take the Iron Throne? What happens when I die? Yeah. And you no. Know, and again, this is her fucking hubris and her arrogance, where she's like, I don't, I don't need to think about that. And no. she she completely throws it back in his face as if he's plotting against her. So no, he's just doing what his job. He's just thinking how to safeguard your legacy. That's what he's there for. And she just completely doesn't want to know. No, no, no. The really annoying thing about it is that actually this scene serves a purpose and yeah. quite an important one because what it does is set up the end of the episode. Um, yes. What this is doing is subtly reminding you that these dragons are Danny's children. Mother of Dragons isn't just a thing that she throws out there. She can't have children. These are the closest things that she will ever, ever have. She yeah. has a maternal relationship with them, and that is possible. Okay, that is something that rings very true to me, for instance. Yeah. I don't have children. I have pets, fucking lots of them. Okay, they are my children. I get this, uh, as, as I'm sure lots of people out there will. So it's important to remind us of that before we get to the end of this episode. Yeah. Uh, because that lets the end resonate even more. Yeah. Uh, so the scene is needed. It's just the relationship between the two of them then is pissed on in the process. And you don't have to do that. You can have this conversation without her just basically telling Tyrion he's worthless. Yeah. 
Which is you exactly know? what she's doing again. Yeah, yeah. So you can get all of this information and have this scene between them. They can have this discussion, but she doesn't have to dismiss him out of hand so much. In fact, it's not even dismissal, is it? It's just flat out refusal to accept what he's saying. Yeah, and I mean, I, just... part of me wonders actually whether there's some sort of bizarre fucked up Stockholming is going on, because, whereby you know this is how you no know, his, fa- his father and his sister and his bro- and less to a less extent Jamie all abused him you know they've, they've all sort of you know they've all ragged on him his entire life is this something he's craving you know is he going you know does he stick around because actually he doesn't know how to be any other way i don't know it just seems really fucking bizarre that he just stays and takes it all the time maybe i mean that would certainly tie into he's too small for me um mm. who knows um but there you go that's that scene one of a few that we'll spend over there um yeah. needed um the information that we need is there handled, as well but badly but badly handled yeah so back north of the wall um fucking hell i love this scene i i fucking love it um so you sort of see it's executed perfectly well because we're in this blizzard and there yeah. are you know there are a few extra people around as well that are just basically there to they're red shirts you know yeah, as we talked about yeah. last week okay yeah. um I mean, last week's episode, we didn't see the red shirts, but they just show up out of nowhere this week. That's logic yeah, they're, they're part of one. Well, yeah, incidentally. I mean, it's, it's this big leap of faith that they're, they're part of Tormund's raiding party, aren't they? Yeah. You know, so but... they're, they're the ones who are at Eastwatch and they're supposed to be manning the castle. Now, if they're supposed to be manning the castle and they go off on a mission with him, who's manning the fucking castle? Well, exactly. Plus, you know, that isn't made explicit. But anyway, no. there, are the, there are all these extras and we're in a blizzard and you can't. When you're out wide, you can't quite make out who's who. Yeah. So you see this shape moving in the distance. And you, I think, first of all, you kind of do question it. You're like, well, is that, who is that? Is that, yeah. is that a is bloke that a person? coming is towards it, is, is that... it a dog? No, what is it? Yeah, and then it starts walking on all fours. And you're like, okay, so this is some sort of creature. And then you get, do bears have blue eyes? Which is just, again, great stuff. Like, because yeah. we know what blue eyes mean by this point yeah, exactly. in the show. So it just really, really well handled. And then out comes this fucking zombie bear, which looks fucking phenomenal. Yes. Like this is the creature design on this thing is fucking amazing. Like yeah, it's got all I'm, the decaying flesh hanging off and yeah. it's awesome. I mean, they, they, they won a shitload of awards for the effects. Um, well deserved because yeah. this thing looks fucking, cr- I mean, I've talked they, before they were nominated about for four creative art Emmys. They won three. Yeah, this thing. Look, I've talked before about how much I like the design of the dragons and how they they feel like actual dragons. Um, yeah. and, and same thing here. Like you, you truly believe this is a dead fucking bear, like yeah. with and decaying. Like it looks fucking amazing. And it, they don't go out of their way. I think why it works so well is they don't go out of their way to kind of mutate it or monsterize no. it. That's a word. No. It is a dead fucking zombie bear. Yeah, that is it's, what it's, it's it is. Just a, it's a bear that's been that's you know been decaying, and now it's like well fuck it i'm walking around yeah uh so yeah excellent excellent stuff i mean it does go down quite easy uh you know bit of fire off it goes um but, but then again the f- that's, that's, that's one of the ways you kill whites and that you set fire to them yeah exactly and, and you know it, it does take a few people down with it but it, even within the fight itself we'll get some nice moments you know the hound being fucking terrified of the fire of course yeah. um so yeah re- just I don't know what else to say about it other than they fight a fucking zombie bear. What yeah. more do you want from me? Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. 100% down for this. Yeah. Like, I, and, and it's everything you would want it, a zombie bear fight to be. It's quick. Yeah. It's brutal. Um, there's a lot of fucking blood and guts and swearing and violence. Like, yeah. love it. Um, now, okay. 
logic gap number two. We've talked about the red shirts showing up from nowhere. Logic yeah. gap number two. Next thing we know, there's whites afoot. Yeah. Um, now, every other time we've seen whites, they've been able to sense the presence of people and birds and all sorts of things. Oh, um, yeah, only certain ones of them, though, aren't that? Yeah, but still, all of a sudden, we're apparently able to fucking stealth them. Yeah. I... I don't know. I don't know about that, but whatever, I'll go with it because it makes for a good... Every logic gap I have, by the way, that's north of the wall, I just go, yeah. Because that cool. that's that's what happens with suspension of disbelief as long as you're firing on all cylinders, which is, yeah. you know, what we've said several times before in this. When, when you're annoyed with everything else, you cannot suspend disbelief. But when you're along for the ride and everything's working, everything yeah. else is falling into place. You're like, yeah, okay. So, again, in the grand scheme of things, they're going, oh, so they can sneak up on now? Yeah, all right, whatever, fine. It works. Um, so we get our first sort of white fight as they sneak up on him in the camp. Yeah. Um, just full of awesome stuff. Like Tormund punching the white. Yeah. It's fucking great. Just absolutely brilliant. Um, so so they have this fight and then uh, obviously John starts to realize that something's wrong. They, they win the fight and all of a sudden yeah. they start to realize they're about to get fucking surrounded. They're, they're in the shit. Because yeah. uh, there's whites coming from nowhere. Now, here we go then. Biggest logic gaff of the episode. Yeah. And I'm sure you've got it as well. Well, if I, it may not be the biggest one. I've got a really good one. Well, I've, I've got a huge glaring one. But this is probably the, the biggest in terms of story and the one which annoys me the most. Yeah. I didn't at the time. And still, for the life of me, cannot understand sending Gendry off like fucking Gitto Neath Bran completely on his own with no weapon. Well, at yeah. All. And nor do I understand why they don't flee in the opposite fucking direction that they came from. Well, yeah, I mean, th this is part of it. I mean, yeah, send him off on his own. And again, this is what we've talked about so many times with Gendry. It's just another way to fuck him off. Yeah, completely. So they, so they send him away. The, the whole thing of, you know, you, you, you're faster without the hammer. I get I get all of that. He's the fastest one. They've been, I mean, there's no sense of time on it. But I mean, oh, there's no indication of time. But... They've been traveling for fucking ages. I, yeah, I talk about that later on when he gets there. And, and he seems no, no, to be no. near and back inside of a fucking hour. How yeah. fucking fast is he? Like I said. Well, I'm... this is it. I mean, time in, time in this show is bollocks anyway. But this episode in particular, it's just like, how fucking them? How long have they been traveling? Because they've covered a lot of ground. But yeah. he can get back in the 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I know I, I refer to him as Gitterneath Brand just now. That's a reference that's understood by precisely none of our listeners, I'm sure. So I guess it would have been more accurate to call him the Flash. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he literally is just like the fastest man on earth to be able yeah. to do this. It's fucking ludicrous. It, it is. I mean, that it, it's uh, that jumped out at me I, I, the first time. I went, hang on, how the fuck did he get? No, because it, it, you know, you've had that the, the in the blizzards where they fought the polar bear. That was a night. Yeah. So you you know they've been travelling for at least a day and a night and a day. Yeah. Now they, they do suggest passage of time when they're on the fucking iceberg. Yes, um, they do. I think, they, I think you get a, you get two nights and three days. You, and you do, but look, if you're gonna do it in this quick succession, because they haven't stretched it out and we haven't had interstitial scenes, it just yeah. cuts from one to the other. If you're gonna do this quickly, what you need are time cards, I'm afraid. And I know that's something that the show hasn't done. But we do I, need. I, I mean, I think the problem with that, I mean, that wouldn't work in this show. And I, I can see what you're saying. You need some, you need some sort of indicator as to what's going on. But you start, I mean, you start throwing time cards into this, and it's it's going to go all, all kinds of tits up. Yeah, I know because time is so fucking bollocks in your own. But that's that's yeah, what you need. You need some this. sort of signifier, don't you? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not talking about a fucking SpongeBob like sometime later. I'm okay. talking about like, you know, even and you can do it from episode to episode if you want. Let's start it off as they go north of the wall, and it fits with this men in the mission thing. Timestamp Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Black screen, white words Monday, or whatever Monday's called in fucking Westeros. I don't know. Day one, if you want. I yeah. don't care, right? North of the wall, day one. Yeah. North of the wall, day two. Right, here's another idea. If you don't want to go to time cards, have any fucking one of these characters just be keeping a log of this. Any yeah. fucking one of them. Doesn't matter which one. Just have one of You can have one of the red shirts doing it, all right? Because yeah. then that's not something anyone's done up until now. So one of the red shirts is keeping a log as they go for future reference because this is the first time he's been north of the wall. Yeah. Every time there's a new day, scribbling in his diary. It's easy, isn't it? This shit. It's really fucking yeah, even easy. To, even to a point where you've got enough people there. You've got Tormund there. You've got the Hound there. You've got enough people there who will rip the shit out of him for it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there you go. But they can have that. One is a freebie, but it's too late now. If they do make, uh, remake season... Oh, no, it'd be season eight they're remaking anyway, wouldn't it? So this is yeah. this is set in stone. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's so be, Let's be fair. HBO aren't going to pay for that, are they? No. So, look, here's the thing. I don't understand sending Gendry away. I don't understand no. them running across the ice to the fucking iceberg when they could just run back the way they came. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> everything from this point out is fucking amazing. So I'll just go, whatever. Like, the lake started to crack and then yeah. have it, just, like, just shore up on this iceberg in the middle. This is, like classic zombie movie trope stuff here yeah you know where it's just instead of being on the top of a fucking building they're they're on, 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 a, on a rock in the middle of the lake but it, you know we're we're conditioned as a culture or at least if you if you're into this sort of stuff we're conditioned to know that this is how zombie movies work okay yeah. and they're they're making their last stand essentially is what this tells us yes all right uh we we know that so and it's all fucking brilliant but yeah as we said time makes no sense is my next note but we've already talked about that so because gendry gets to east watch in hours as far as i can see yeah as opposed to days yeah um so then sort of the fight breaks out then or before that um we we've got to mention that um paul k gets it from the yeah. beer yeah, Thoris gets, uh, gets it from the bit. Yeah, and and eventually dies overnight. Yes. Um, fucking great narrative move. Like it's just perfect sense because it raises the stakes instantly. Yeah. Um, all, all of a sudden, the priest isn't there. Nobody can get brought back. Yeah, exactly. It's that's it. Now he's on his last life. Like yeah. that's it. Like that's it. Done. He's once he's dead, he's dead. No more. Um. So good. That that's really good stuff um so yeah but this is this is actually where we get that discussion that you talked about earlier you know the lord brought me back yeah but no one else uh and it's good it, it adds sort of it's it's at odds with everything that's that's going on at the end of the story you know which which we'll yeah. talk about when we get to the end of the story um but right now it adds weight to all of this again john's been brought back for a reason he's been yeah. brought back for a reason yeah. And it feels um, like that's what this. It feels like yeah, he's this been might be back. it. Yeah, it feels like he's been brought back to get John out of here at this yeah. point because ultimately, I think even he knows he's sort of working on the same lines here as Melisandre is like, you're the one, you're the prince that was promised. Yeah, I am going to get you the fuck out of here. Yeah. I, I, I'm a vessel to get you where you need to go. Yes, exactly. 
they fuck that completely in season yep. eight. And we'll talk about that when we get. To oh season yeah, uh, big style. Um, I and it, it, because of that, I genuinely wonder when you get a discussion like this, which works so well here. I'm genuinely left wondering if they even know what's happening in the next season while they're writing this. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the, I think we're kind of no. They should. They're at a point now where they should know every fucking. They should know every word and every line and the meaning thereof because no, it's their material now. There's no. There's no blaming George R. R. Martin. There's no saying, oh, well, the book does this, book does that. They you know they are in complete control at this point, and you'd like to think that actually when you, you know you're in charge of this bigger ship you know when to start turning. And actually, it's like they don't. It's more like they're saying, well, we know we need to get over there. And at some point, we need to turn through 90 degrees. But actually, when do we start? Ah, fuck it. Three episodes time. We'll get through what we've got now. We'll get to the end of this season, and then we'll worry about it. Yeah. And it feels like they kind of do it wrong. It's like they've kind of planned what's happening in this season, and they've worked out the beats they want to hit in each episode. But they don't know what their impact is going to be and how that's going to work for the for the end. I definitely think that's the case because where this story ends is not what they're signposting here. No, and it's not what not they've signposted all. all along. Uh, but this, like, this is, I think, the strongest signpost for that yet. This Because yeah. it really does feel like Beric is just saying at this point, like, I'm here to get you out of here. Yeah. That is why I'm here. You will not die here because I'm here, yes. basically. Um, and that's that's what this feels like. Yeah, and, that, and that's, feels, that's and entirely like the, where this should go. And then when it, yeah. when it doesn't go that way, it's it feels like another kick in the nuts. Completely. Uh, but you know, for the here and now, which is what we're talking about, great, yeah. great stuff. Um, and then for some inexplicable fucking reason, other than maybe one passage of time, in which case Gendry should still be running and not have already arrived at Eastwatch. Yeah. Um, for some inexplicable reason, we cut back to fucking King's Landing, and it just sucks all of the life out of the episode. All of the life out of it. Uh, not King's Landing, sorry. Uh, Dragonstone. Fucking, yeah, Dragonstone. And it just sucks all of the life out of it. I, yeah. Why? Why? I, I don't, I don't understand. know. I mean, I think, and we've talked about this on the show before, is that in some episodes, they're really, you know, they do a really good job of building and maintaining tension. Yeah. Whereas in this one, for when when you've actually got really high stakes, you've got genuinely high stakes. You've got your your leading man, even you know, if they don't want to admit you know he's the lead man. You've got your leading man in mortal peril. Yeah. So you cut away and have a three minute scene. For what reason? I well, don't get it. Thing. This is the thing. Right? Okay, so Danny, this is them essentially. This is Danny heroing up. She's got the news that John's in trouble. She wants to go and help him. Tyrion's trying to persuade her not to. Once again, she doesn't listen to a fucking word no, Tyrion says. No, absolutely not. Right? Now, here's the thing. You don't need this scene at all. It is no. absolutely fine for her to just show up because yeah, we know have her Gendry's right gone to get her. Horse. Right? Yeah, that's fine. But if you even want to, to do this... Of, even to a point as well, actually, don't you don't even need to see Gendry arriving at Eastwatch. No. They send him off, and then at some point later on, because time is fucking fluid anyway, the dragons roar over the hill... And we know we we know he's got there because if he hadn't, his raven wouldn't have got down to Danny, and she wouldn't be there on a dragon. So you can, you know, it, it again. It feels that like we're flashing out an episode. We don't need to flash out. Or yeah, we're flashing and, in the wrong places. And what it also does is just continue to muddy muddy the waters with Danny. Because what this feels like is that they've gone. Hang on a minute. We've pushed her too far. 
Like, everybody's going to fucking hate her. Um, okay, let's hero her up here. And yeah. Look, just riding in on the dragon does that by default for this yeah, episode. Exactly. But it feels like giving us this as well is very much like, no, look, she is good, really. Like, yeah, she does she's, care. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just don't think we need this at all. And no, as I say, it, it brings not. everything to a crashing fucking halt. Um, but see, here's here's the thing. Like, what, I get, well, no, I guess we'll talk about when Danny arrives, uh, when, when she gets there on the dragon. Um, so we, we cut back to the island then. So back to the good stuff. Okay. Here's the biggest logic gap for me, actually. Right. Uh, like the definite 100% one, which I thought the first time, and I think now as I'm watching it. Okay. So at the point now, the hound, because he's the hound, yeah. uh, decides to start bricking the fucking zombies, which is hilarious. Yes. Right. Loving all of that. Then they realize the ice is frozen and they start to come towards them. Everybody yeah. starts bricking it. Beric lights his sword on fire. Yeah. Right. So the problem is that the ice has frozen again. Yes. They're on an iceberg. They have a flaming sword. Yep. Why do they not make a moat? I don't know. That was that because wasn't my biggest one, but that was one of mine. I understand that for a second. Why well, did they not, not make that, a vote? Because I mean, realistically, what they should have been doing all along is they, they've had the point where the ice is broken, and they're protected by the fact that the 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 the, the, the whites aren't coming onto the the ice because it's not thick enough, it's not strong enough. So why in the fuck, when it starts starts freezing up again, when it starts setting again? They've got Gendry's hammer. Why don't they just they not just do a lap of the fucking island and smash the fuck out of it? Just keep, maintain that distance, maintain that physical barrier. That's what I'm saying. They can they can make a moat by a yeah. number of ways. I mean the other the other thing, if you really wanted to to properly explore that as well, is if anyone had an outer sense again, you can go right. Hang on. So we're on this island in the middle now, and it's frozen all around us, sort of, but we can't walk on it. But obviously, this isn't yeah. going to move, right? Okay. But we've got a flaming fucking sword again. So he goes first, cuts a channel. Yeah. yeah off they go. Yeah. This I isn't do. this isn't making sense. But but once again, and I say it in my notes here again, I will let all of this go because what comes here is just fucking phenomenal. This yeah. is what we've waited seven fucking seasons yes, for. It, it is. is epic in scale it's tense it's thrilling we like we care about all of these people and here they are stranded making yeah. what feels like their last stand oh definitely i mean there no there's what six of them left or eight of them left against th- literally thousands yeah they know they are just waiting to be picked no this this is the winchester they're just waiting for them to, you know, to get across the threshold and start picking them off yeah and we we know because of the way this show has gone we know there is a very fucking good chance Oh yeah, that they won't all make it out of this. Well, given, and, that, given that a it's Game of Thrones and b it's a penultimate episode of a season, you know somebody's going to die. Yeah, Somebody has to die. That's the rule. And they they wrong foot us at every turn with that as well. There are several yes. very close calls. Yeah, some very good fake outs in this episode. Yeah, um, uh, just absolutely phenomenal stuff. This this fight is so well handled. As I say it's it's tropey as all hell, but I will take it because this is a genre that I love. Not fantasy, fucking zombie movies and horror. Yeah. Okay, this is me all over. This is what got me into the show in the first place and got me past all the fucking sword and sorcery that I thought it was and turned out it wasn't. But that's what I thought it was at the beginning. So it was the whites, as I've said before, that got yeah. me into this, and this is what I want to see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really, really good. Um, now, 
here's another thing, and this is a huge logic gap as well. Now, I'm not saying I would like this, okay? Mm. Uh, but in retrospect, I would like it a hell of a lot more than what they actually do. Yeah. Um, but Danny shows up when it, when all hope is lost, okay? Yeah. Uh, everyone's down and out. You know, we get the good stuff as well, like John um, and I think it's Tormund, isn't it? Turning on each other and almost fucking taking each other apart yeah. because they're on this. And then you get people falling off the ice and all really, really good stuff. Yes. Um, excellent, excellent fight scene. All hope is lost. They're surrounded on all sides. Everyone's closing in. They're all fucked. All of a sudden, here comes Danny with all three fucking dragons, which yeah. looks epic. Right. So here's the thing. Couple, well, a couple of things, in fact, okay? Yeah. First and foremost, all of, as I mentioned earlier, all of the fucking bad shit that she's done, like, you can undo it all here now with her being the hero, okay? Yeah. If she wasn't a fucking murderous bitch, that's the problem. They pushed yes. it so far two weeks ago that she cannot come back from that. But yeah. for the sake of this episode, at least, you're like, yeah, fucking right. In she comes on a dragon. So, how come. And as I say, I'm not saying I, I would like this, but everything she's done so far has been all of that. Her justification for everything that she's done is that she wants to sit on the Iron Throne. Yeah. Right. John has come to her and said, I will help you sit on the Iron Throne, but the army of the dead are coming and we need to kill them first. Yeah. She has agreed that she's going to help. Why in the living fuck does she not just torch the Night King immediately? Well, this is this is the thing. I mean, because I mean, yeah, okay, she's she's not necessarily going to know. No, that that's no, that's the, we've only just learned from Beric that actually that's how you you kill them all. You take the Night King out, and they all fucking they all die. Yeah. Okay, fine. We've had that information in this episode. Great, fantastic. Logic would dictate, even if you don't know that, logic would dictate if you've got thousands of foot soldiers on on a frozen on a frozen lake. In yep. the fight, and you've got four motherfuckers on horses on top of a cliff. Watching. Those are the ones. You those take are the out. ones you take out because those are the ones who are calling the shots. That's just fucking common sense. Not only are those the ones calling the shot, they're also the most visible. They are the first ones you're going to see. Well, yeah, you of course they are because they're, they're the higher fucking... up. They're higher yeah. up, and they're not in a crowd. So you either get them, depending on which what your angle of approach is, you either get them on the way in. Or you get them after your first strafing run when you're yeah, you, fucking you, turning you, around. You, yeah, when you're on the loop, you catch them on the way back. So, like, I'm not saying I would like it, but well, you could no, and it would kind of end... you'd lose your last season. But I mean, I think the, the ah, thing is... but you wouldn't, you wouldn't. See, here's the thing: that one of the biggest problems with the last seasons for me, well, the biggest problem with the last season for me actually, is how they handle this story because I feel like it gets massively sidelined. Okay, oh, completely. And I, and I feel this, this like this should have been the last episode. Yeah, the part I, of the episode. Well, this is the thing. I will, I will, I think I would have taken it if, like I still would have liked it, but I would have liked it a lot more than what we got if this had ended here for a number of reasons. Okay. You can end the Night King and the White storyline here because we've built to it. We've had this men on a mission thing. They they set it out last week. We've been slowly building to it all season with John going to get the dragon glass and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, first and foremost, even though Danny's the one riding the dragon. This is John's plan. John has agency. He has led everybody to this point. Yeah. And he is taking a stand. He has agency in this fight. Okay. Yeah. So that's fine. In fact, even fuck what I just said about Danny taking him out. We've already seen that he can ride the dragons, have one of them swoop in. He jumps on the back, takes the Night King out himself. I know we haven't seen that yet, have we? 
He's only stroked it so far. He hasn't done okay. anything else yet. Okay. He hasn't written it, but he's, yeah, but he's stroked the dragon. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think it still works. I think we've still seen enough. And actually, that gives you bonus awesome points is if, if this is the first time he's done it. If he jumps on the back of a dragon and ends the Night King himself, okay? You draw a line under this storyline here, and now it is done. I would feel satisfied. I wouldn't necessarily say I would like it, but I would go, yep, that all made sense. I, I understand. Then you have an entire season to concentrate on what's going on at King's Landing, on turning Danny, on on giving everybody their kind of final goodbye. And you wrap up that rather than have both these storylines in the air and never meshing them together properly, hmm. just end this one here. It would have been cleaner. It would have made sense. This is a fucking epic finale for this storyline. Bet much better than what we actually get for a well, number yeah. of reasons. I mean, the thing is, I mean, I think going through the way you've said it there, to me, it would feel a little bit rushed and a bit anticlimactic. But then that's what we get anyway. We just get three more episodes before we get to that. And, and ironically, like, yes, it would feel rushed because it's all sort of happening in this one episode. But actually, you know, when you stop and think about it, we have built to this episode yeah. all season. We haven't seen a lot of the Night King of the Whites, right? So I think why it would feel anticlimactic is because we haven't felt like the threat is ever yeah. present in the way well, that, that it should be. It. And, and that's, that's a problem, that's the with, problem the show with the in show in general. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, we, we've had that in the past. I mean, we said that. I think we went from the end of season four to all through season five. We didn't see this storyline at all. There yep. were no whites in season five. Yep, but uh, but actually, you know, this season has all been has all been about John deciding that he needs to rally everybody to fight the White Walkers. He's yeah. gone to Dragonstone to get the Dragon Glass to arm people. Okay, and uh, like yes, it, okay, so he's now trying to form this truce so they can all fight them. But if in doing that, his hand gets forced, yeah, I feel like it's it still ties that. Like I say, it gives him agency. This is John's plan. He executes it. Yes, it goes wrong, but when it goes wrong, he doesn't run away with his tail between his legs. He doesn't hide behind a fucking wall. Uh, yeah. He fucking fights. Okay, yeah. so I would have felt a lot happier, I think, had this storyline just ended here. To King's yeah. Landing next I mean, season. Either that, or I mean, if 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 they're adamant they want to carry on with this and drag this into the next season, then at least have at least have John pull something off whereby actually there, no, there is conflict with the Night King the Night King's not just sat there watching yeah he, he needs he, there yeah. needs to be something happen. so even if you do say right okay well we still want to go into the no into the, the last season we still want to have this no 12 week fucking night shoots or whatever it was to no, to get through we still want to do all that fine but at least put no, put some onus put some impetus back into it so it's not a, not a hopeless fight because at the moment John's met him twice Oh no! He's John's been in battle with the Whites twice, and no, and and the Night King hasn't even been troubled. He's just stood there and gone, yeah, whatever. There needs to be something which makes both sides tangible. Because at the moment, you're just thinking, well, fucking hell, you can't touch him, you can't do anything about it. So if you're not going to finish it, at least give a glimmer of something which says, okay, well, he kicked our asses, but we didn't know. We do now know that if we kill certain ones, then we get rid of. So get rid of a certain number or we can do something about it whereas as it is it's just another crushing defeat where he just about escapes with his lives and nobody uh, with his life and nobody learns anything i mean i think i'm okay with it being another crushing defeat because it, it's piling more pressure on what the problem is that the, the way this ultimately resolves 
as you say, they, they haven't learned anything here, which helps with that. Uh, but we yeah. don't know that at this point. So just on the basis of this episode, you know, they do look pretty dangerous at one point. You know, Danny fucking kicks ass when she shows up. Um, and, you know, she's formed a truce with John. She can argue at this point she's probably our secondary lead. Yeah. Um, so I've no big issue with that. Um, and I, look, I've no issue with the way this episode actually goes at all. I'm not criticizing what they do here. I, I'm just saying I'm criticizing what they're going to do in the future and going uh, really a little bit point of view here and just giving it like why or why or why. Yeah. Did you not just go, OK, I don't think we can top this. And actually, everything that we've done this season thus far makes sense. Yeah. And everything that we're going to do next season is actively going to make this worse. So. So let's quit while we're ahead. Mm, Uh, But they don't. Um, So, okay. Anyway, Danny shows up, starts torching motherfuckers. Um, The dragon getting taken down is, without any shadow of a doubt, the biggest what-the-fuck moment. Yeah. And I mean that in a good way. Yes. That I had through this entire show. This is the type of thing that I think they've tried to elicit out of me several times in the past and always fucked up. Whereas here... I was genuinely like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, it's it's incredibly well handled. Um, as I say, because it's set up earlier, we're reminded what these dragons are. But here's the thing. The death itself is well handled. We know what this is going to mean. We can already guess that he's going to yeah, raise that fucking dragon, okay? So we know what this is going to mean. Yeah. So we're already thinking, oh, shit. But bearing in mind what we already know and what we've been reminded about uh, this season... Uh, or, or this episode, and knowing what we know about Danny, okay, she is certainly not a shrinking violet. No, her automatic response to this would be to go fucking thermonuclear. Yes, how the hell does she not immediately go postal? Like, if she didn't kill the Night King before when she yeah. showed up, how the hell does she just not do it just out of sheer fucking anger here? Yeah, like she would if she was next to him, she'd rip his head off with her bare fucking hands. At yeah, this exactly. Point. But uh, but she doesn't need to because she has two fucking huge dragons. Exactly. Um, so how? Yeah, so I mean that. Not, uh, I don't yeah, I mean, get that, it. That's a huge, that's a huge logic gap. There's also one which we've missed as well, whereby the, that ice is quite thin and dragons are breathing a lot of fucking fire on it, but yeah. it stays intact. How's that happen? Good, good point. Yeah, I I hadn't even thought of that. Again, um, I'm I'm so concentrating on everything else that's going on. That, and, and I tend to see story more than I see the specifics of things like that. Yeah. So yeah, I hadn't even noticed it. So again, that's suspension of disbelief for you. I'm enjoying everything else so much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Going... It's, only, it's only occurred to me now as we've been talking. It didn't occur to me when I was watching, I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, so, I, but this time, I, and i got to be honest, I, I didn't necessarily think this first time out either. I did think like, oh, Danny could definitely take him. Yeah. But not knowing where the show is going, I wasn't having all these things like, oh, I'd prefer it if she ended him here. But just just indulge me and come on this flight of fantasy with me for a moment because I've, I've written an alternative end to the show here, sort of. Okay. Um, I, I haven't gone all the way into specifics, but how much better would next season be if our arc was that Danny was this heroic leader character and, you know, this is the point now where she flips because she's just lost one of her children. Yeah. So she'd have a genuine sort of she's just had a real hero moment like she saved the day yeah. and like everything that she cares about is just snatched out from in front well of that's her. that's it it's a, it's a proper pyrrhic victory isn't it whereby yeah. you no know, there, there's the cost the cost of victory is actually far too high so and that's what takes this is so i mean um 
we saw it yeah, a couple of weeks ago in Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, without getting too many spoilers, where that you no, know, you had John Walker's demise. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's very similar to that. Now the the, co- the cost of winning that battle is actually just too much to bear. Yes, and and how much like you get synergy with sort of uh, with with some of the stuff that's happened with John in that as well. Yeah, with John and Egret and things like that. So so you get synergy between the two characters and. This kind of genuine hero turn that she's just had is snatched away from us, which makes her heel turn so much more convincing next season when you then take the first two episodes, maybe, to have her in mourning and try to work out what does this mean for me? Where am I going? And ultimately realizing that the only person she's ever going to be able to count on is herself and everybody else is a fucking idiot and they all need to be put in their place and they need an iron fucking rule. And then it makes perfect sense for her to do what she does. Yeah. But we don't get any of that. No. And I think the problem is that because, because the way um, Cersei has been positioned all the way through the show as well, it would be there. It would be very difficult to have the two of them basically occupying that same that same space whereby they're they're both a threat to everybody ah no but but here's the thing if, if you go down this route with it um danny danny's turn would seem far more tragic than it eventually does okay because yeah, we've, seen, we've, we've seen a knocked off of her off her sort of idol here she's she's off a pedestal she's fallen um she is at, at this point she is the flat out villain and then you get to paint cersei as actually the hero uh not not you know in not in the grand sense that Danny is, yeah. but in the sense of you are fucking crazy, you know, and everybody else can rally with Cersei. You, you could, you could definitely flip this on its head. You could. Um, I think the, I think the problem is I don't think the right, I, and as I don't know them, I've never worked with them. I don't think the writers are smart enough to, to pull that off. Um, no, they, they clearly aren't because they could have here. Yeah, I mean, you just take it. What, what you get then when you get to the final season, okay, is you get Danny's pretty much going to be out on her own. Okay, you may have you may have some stalwart stick with her. I mean, Jorah's never going to side no, with anyone else. Jorah ain't going anywhere. Now, I mean, probably Tyrion's still going to stay because you can see that she abuses him as much as she likes. Um, but everybody else, okay, you, you're going to have some fractured alliances have to be formed between Sansa and Cersei, for instance, the yeah. Ironborn and Cersei. Yeah, they're all going to have to be like, hang on now, the Night King's gone, so the biggest threat is this fucking crazy lady yeah, the lunatic with weapons of mass destruction with two fucking dragons okay so you get everybody else rallying uh you get danny trying to take king's landing everybody else rallying against her ultimately knowing he's still hopeless and poor old john still our hero caught in the middle yeah, stuck right in the middle of everything stuck right in the middle that's a classic hero right there and yeah. all john wants to do is what's right he doesn't agree with cersei and he certainly doesn't agree with danny but someone has got to stop this fucking fighting and yes. then that leads to his ultimate decision that he still takes anyway but he knows what he has to do and again you get a whole season for him to build to that then rather than it suddenly be dropped on him in the last episode. And that's going to feel much more tragic as well. And everything pays off much better. And you could do it all here. This is the genesis point for your last season. And they completely miss it. Oh, yeah. They missed the off-ramp and it just went kind of into another state. Yeah, completely. Um, Look. I fucking love everything that happens here. So I'm not, as I say, that's just me saying this is what could have been. Um, that's not what we got. Yeah. 
But we could have had that. We could have had this beautiful, tragic downfall of Danny. And we could have had this uneasy alliance between all of the other characters who hate each other. And we could have had our fucking hero, our put-upon, world-weary hero caught in the middle of it all, just trying to get everybody to do what's right. Yeah. We don't get, and Don could even have his, his sort of ragtag. In fact, Jorah could be with John. That's even better, isn't it? Yeah. That's even fucking better, where the people that believe in Danny, like like them that believe in Danny the person, not in Danny the ruler, are just like, what the fuck do we do? Yeah. You know, oh, John can have his little ragtag band. Yeah, it's, it's almost that thing of, sort of saving that for myself at that point. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it's trying to get through to her, and they can't. Maybe she kills Jorah, or maybe he loses his life in trying to convince her, and then that's John's yeah. ultimate decision of, okay, she's too far gone. I mean, I, th- I think I, I don't necessarily think she needs. I don't think she needs to intentionally kill Jorah. I think you no, know, if, if Jorah is caught up in the middle of something, yes, that's what I'm saying. Because yeah, yeah. then again, that 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 makes her even more tragic. Is that you know she can't she, even in trying to protect whatever she's trying to protect. Her, the only people who believe in her are also dying because of her. Yeah, I think yeah, it would. It, it just keeps on piling and piling and piling. It would be far more effective. Far more effective. And then, like I say, ultimately, John's decision is okay. She is too far gone. There's no coming back. Like, I have to save the world. Yeah. Because that's what, he, don't forget, that's what he's doing here. John's yeah. mission is to save the world. Well, Nobody yeah, ever it. said he was saving the world from the White Walkers. Well, no, this is it. And I think this this is the sort of the rug they tried to put, they've tried to pull, isn't it? And when we get into um, 8.3 and we have the long night and we get, you know, we, we get the, the end of the Night King and we get, we get all that stuff. The, that's, that's what they've tried to do. And they, they've alluded already, you know, the, the, um, Prince was promised it in the in the language. Actually, it's, it's gender neutral, so it could be prince or princess. Yep. So they 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 they've tried, and in all, you've, we've got to give them credit. They have tried to seed a lot of this stuff. It's just come far too late in the run, and it's far too clumsy. Um, but no, once they once they've taken over from the books, and they've actually gone right. Okay, we you know, as we said as we said a few times, they, we need to maneuver the pieces around the board to get us to where we need to be to finish the show. They they've started putting in the work. It's just too little, too late. I think. Um, mm. But there, no, there are bits that have been constant. As you said, John, no, John has to save the world. John, no, that is John's destiny. That's why he's brought back, been brought back. So give him that. But no, it, I, I don't think there's enough of, um, I don't think it's enough of a sort of gut wrench for him to to do it in the end. No, there's not. Uh, so you know, it, it's it's all there for the taking. But yeah, as you say, they uh, they miss the off ramp completely. Um, so. On that note as well, yeah. Talking about John saving the world, talking about John, our hero. Um, there is a moment here where he realizes what's happening before anyone else does with the dragon, and yeah. it's very brief and it's very throwaway. Yes, but the performance is absolutely phenomenal. There's just a moment of abject horror on his face. Yeah, where you could see that he knows exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, and, um, and again, bear in mind how much of that's not actually there. Yeah, yeah, and we talked. We, I think it was last week we talked about Kit Harrington and some of the fact he's on. He, a lot of the work he does um, in Danny's company, he you know, he's holding a fucking you know, a prosthetic snout, or he's holding it. You know, he's using a tennis ball for an eye line. He, absolutely incredible. Yeah, oh, incredible. And then so again, pulling the hero move tells everyone else to fucking move to get out of there. Ends up getting fucking stuck himself. And then we get just, I get, oh, I fucking love hero shots. But there's just this shot where he crawls out of the ice. He's yes. facing down the entire horde and he just draws Longclaw. 
Yeah. And it's just like, this is it. This is the fucking show. Why well, do we it. not have more of this all the way through? Yeah. And I mean, if you com- if you compare and contrast that with what we had at the end of two weeks ago with Jamie sinking into the fucking river, and then yeah. the, the opening shot last week where, where Bron pours him out, if you compare how much more effective this is... Yeah, completely. And say, well, how, why the fuck couldn't we have that? Yeah, and like I said, you get the hero moment, he draws along, all hope is lost. He's clearly, as good as we know he is, he is not taking down a horde of this size Yeah, on his own. All hope is lost. But here comes fucking Uncle Benjamin. Uh, yeah, again. obviously. Um, like, the first time out, just as last time he showed up, I had totally forgotten who Uncle Benjamin was when he yep. showed up here. I was like, who the fuck is this clown? Oh, he's got a fucking swinging mountain. That's cool. And then my wife had to explain to me who he was. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. We've seen him like twice before. Okay. Well, that's it. He's been mentioned a few times. And then he popped up to save Bran a couple of weeks ago. And now he's back again. Because that's I mean, his thing, apparently. He's he's the Game of Thrones magic bullet, isn't he? He's the Deus Ex Machina. He's, whenever there's a discussion of like, how do we... Uncle Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> Just, that's it. He's our get out jail free card. How and do he we makes very good rice. Yeah, Uncle Benjamin. Fine. Yeah, does make very good rice. Yeah, um, like yeah, fine. I mean, he's badass. Every time he shows up, he's fucking badass. So I like seeing him, yeah. um, but not badass enough that I can remember him. Apparently. Well, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you, I mean, you're right. It, it, no, it's just a case of right. How do we get out of this bit? Yeah, uh, Uncle Benji can show up. They're north of the wall. It'll be fine. Well, um, that's it. I mean, and and again, given you, you know, you want John to have this hard, no, John to have this hardship and the, all the trials because he's a hero and all the rest of it. You don't need Benjamin to do that because the whites all fuck off anyway. Yeah. At, no, at some point they you know they they get their you no know, Pavlovian fucking call and they their response is to turn around and walk away. So, you know, even to a point where you've got John facing him, he, he pulls himself out of the ice, t- takes you know takes a breath, gets long call ready, he's ready you know, ready for the swing, and they all just turn around and walk off. Yeah. And then he's on his ass. He's half dead. And now he's got to fucking walk all the way back to where to Eastwatch. Yeah. Because the fucking taxi went without him. Yeah. That, again, that no, that gives us more threat. That gives us more more worry for John at that point. Well, yeah, we, because he's we become even, the elements as well. Yeah, at that we point. become even more invested because having just survived that, and don't get me wrong, he hasn't won that. He fucking survived it. Yeah. He now has to brave the elements, which okay, it might take him three days or it might take him twenty minutes. We're not quite sure. But he's still now got to get back to Eastwatch in order to progress his part of the story. That, again, makes it far more effective. And you don't have to rely on a magic bullet. No. Uh, but, you know, again, nevertheless, there is a it better cool. way. But it looks I, don't, I do not hate at all what we have here. Um, no. So I'll go with it. Um, okay. So then back to Iron Sansa. Um, right, look. Nothing wrong with this scene. In fact, it's very good. Arya using the game of faces is good. Yeah. Um, it's more interesting than having them just talk. All right. It's, so it's yeah, good. It's more interesting than the big room we had earlier on because all of a sudden they're no, we, no. We've had all the we had the the, the bits we I think we glossed over because there was a scene with Littlefinger wasn't there where he's trying to convince her that Brienne will step in and no, then she sends Brienne away. So we, we've we've had all this of posturing and the again moving people around the board. I'm trying to set up this num this 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 divide between them. This number the thing that Arya is a threat to her because obviously we you know as much as we've seen both of them on their journey, we've you know, we've been positioned to feel that San even after everything she's been through, Sansa is still Sansa will always be a victim up until this point, up until this season. Yeah, and 
Littlefinger is still trying to paint her into that role and still trying to push her into that corner. And so we get that. And so then the fact that having this conversation about you know, the, the game of faces and the fact that, you know, um, she has these faces and uh, in her bag and she kills people. And I'd, oh, I'd, I'd like to be able to wear those pretty dresses and tell people what to do. And I was, there's a, a very, a very obvious threat there, which is really good. But then again, they completely downplay it because she gives her the knife and just walks away. I said, well, what's the point in that? It's a good scene. It's really good for the performance. The performances are really good. It's just, but which, again, it's just like, what was the point in that? Yeah. Other than, again, we're trying to we're trying to direct you into a particular into a particular. Uh, way of thinking because then we can pull the rug next week and go, oh, you wouldn't see that coming except we fucking can we can um i think that i actually think the scene's handled really well though um you're right i don't think we need it this week at all it, yeah. it's just we could have had we could have had this next week because I, I i can't yeah. i haven't washed ahead yet but this is the num we could have had an, an entire episode focusing on men on a mission and danny to the rescue we could know that could have been That's, an entire episode yeah. we could That's have had a season we could have had a season on this, but we at least should have had an episode. Yeah. Um, we don't need to be cutting back for the Winterfell because it just rips no, the pace out of it. It, it really does. Uh, they, this should have come next week, but I like the scene itself. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. This there for the whole didn't see that coming kind of thing. Okay, but I, I think it's executed very well. Yeah, um, I, as I, say, I, I agree I think... with that. I, I like the scene. I think it's good. I think the performances are good. I, I, I think Alan Taylor does a good job of it as well. I just think it's in the wrong place. It's in the wrong it, episode. It, totally, totally in the wrong place. But, you know, as I say, that having it played out with, with the Game of Faces, besides being more interesting than talking, you know, it, it, it reminds us of who Arya is compared to Sansa. There's, a, there's an undertone of threat there. And ultimately, like you mentioned, the, the hand in the knife, or I really like that because that is, it, that is such a fucking power move. That is just, you know, because bearing in mind, Sansa is the Lady of Winterfell here. She should hold all the power. She's also the older sister. But... Aya's the one with the weapon, and she's just like, you know, essentially the difference between the two of them is Aya's holding the weapon, and she's just like, meh. Don't yeah, need I it. Guess. Don't need it. Don't need it. You have no fucking chance, love. Like, here's a weapon. I'm going to turn my fucking back on you, which she does as well. And it's just like, go on. I fucking dare you. It's a total yeah. power move. To be um, fair, it's a total younger sibling move. I've done that, not with a yeah. knife, but I've done that many fucking times myself. It is. It's a total, it rings so true to the character. I really like it. It is just a total power move. Again, no words need to be spoken. It's literally just, it's all in the action of, it's clever writing. It is. It's really good at this point. It's like the difference between us is this fucking knife here. Have it. What are you going to do? Um, I like it. I like the scene. Just doesn't belong here. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Okay, then over to the wrap up. There is some really fucking good stuff here, right? Really good stuff. Uh, the the real ick factor of this doesn't really come till next week. Um, yeah. There's some good stuff. There's also some stupid stuff. Okay. So from Danny's mouth, you have to see it to know. Um, or she says she's seen it now, sorry. And then John yeah. says you have to see it to know. So there's this discussion between them. Like, now she understands. She understands what the threat is. So why the fuck does she not change tact immediately? Yeah. Immediately. Nothing else is important at this point now. Yeah, at, at this point, you, 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 let, no, you let Cersei think she's, no, she, she's getting one up. You, you let her think, no, with the whole thing with them. Um, no, we forget about all of that. And we bring the fucking Unsullied. We bring the Dothraki. Okay, the Dothraki will probably freeze because they don't wear any clothes. Um, but we bring every fucking thing we've got. You hit them with everything yeah. at this point. You, and especially you, know, you drop since, the fucking hammer on them. Especially since they've just 
killed one of your children. Yeah. Like, and we've already seen that you are a really fucking spiteful and vengeful cunt. Exactly. So at this point, it's just take off and nuke the site from orbit. That's like, it. We'll deal no with Cersei later. Because yeah. nobody, nobody, nobody is believing that Cersei is a credible threat anyway. Nobody in her camp is, no. worried, is sweating Cersei at this point. No. No one. So it makes no sense to me that she doesn't immediately just regroup. Yeah. Like, so all right, yeah, they've that's, been that's they're licking their wounds. They're yeah, licking yeah. their wounds, I get it. But, you know, they should regroup immediately. Yeah, as you say, I, pick I, up the Unsullied, pick up the Ironborn, pick up everybody and just go, yeah. right, fuck Cersei right now. Yeah, like, Cersei can wait. Cersei yeah. isn't going anywhere. Yeah, we need to sort this shit out right now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't understand why that doesn't happen. Uh, no, but other than, other than that, we get this exchange between them. And, again... Um, Actually, some of the writing here is good, you know, and it, so this this sails very close to being cliched and cheesy. But actually, you know, I don't think Kit Harrington gets anywhere near enough credit for his work on this show because no. because John's your, your typical kind of stoic pretty boy action hero. I think I think people just give him the short shrift because his delivery of not Danny. How about my queen? Could so easily be vomit inducing. Oh god! I mean that—that's—I mean that's got fucking cheese all over it. That—that—that that, that belongs in a fucking rom com. But he absolutely nails it. Yeah, nails it. Like it's ex- It could be so bad, but actually, you just go, you know, it. It. I. I'll golf clap him for that. I think like that. That line lands perfect, yeah. and. You have to give a lot of credit to Kit Harrington for that. Yeah, I mean, um, don't get me wrong. I, th- I think cr- credit to him for the performance. I, th- I think the line is quite is quite poor, to be honest. But uh, I, th- I think it's re- yeah. it's rescued by his delivery. I, I think I think it's cheesy. Um, I think it's I think it's okay. I, I just think it's cheesy. Um, it, it set it it tells us what we need to know. Um, but as you say, he rescues it, and and it it, it ends up actually I think being quite good. The problem is though. As good as both their performances are, like I just don't buy and won't for the next season. I don't buy any intimacy between them at all because the work just fucking hasn't gone in. Well, this is it. I mean, we haven't had the work. Every time they've been together, there's always no. There's always been a bit of sparring. There's always been a bit of no. Well, it's been a fleeting glance, and but you know, it's 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 only since Tyrion told her earlier on that well, my mate fancies you, love. Yeah, and she's gone. Oh yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but do something about that. I said, hang on, you didn't. No, there's nothing there. There's, there's, you've not put anything on the screen that says actually there's any sort of, no, there's any sort of spark there. No, and and especially when you consider that like Danny just, you know, not even a full season ago yet has sent away uh, the man that she loved because she can't have him around. And actually, you did buy their relationship. You bought the relationship between, between her and uh, and Dario. Um, and then with with John, like, all right, I know it's been a while. But you just get the impression that he would never really be over Egret. Well, yeah, and... that's, that's it. And I, I, again, I, I don't think. Yeah, I just don't I... think the legwork has been done there because I no. mean, we, no, we've we've we had him brood for a little bit, and we had you no, know, he, he went off and burned the body, and he, he did that. And but apart from that, we've never really seen him do anything to suggest he's over that. No, and look, I'm not saying he needs to fucking mourn her for the rest of his life. No. But what I am saying is I don't think that he would just jump in bed with the next pretty lady that comes along. Because no, he would have already had the opportunity to do that multiple times over once he's 
out of Castle Black and yeah. and in Winterfell, where he's the fucking king, don't forget. Well, yeah, exactly. If, if all he's looking for is to get his end away, then um, the opportunity has been there for quite a while. Yeah, and, and like, all right, so he's spending a bit of time with Danny and getting to know her, but as you say, they, I just don't feel like we've seen them woo each no. other. And, and again, we, we it, it's it's the problem we've had with this show so many times with so many different storylines. Too much happens off screen. Yes. Yeah. We, we, we haven't can't rely on that. We haven't seen them woo each other. We haven't seen the relationship build. I maybe buy that they jump in the sack for a roll around. Mm. I, I don't I don't dispute that. You know, um, they're in a they're in a heightened situation. They're both attractive. You know, I don't I don't see any any issue with that. Um but then it seems to go like, and obviously it hasn't even got there yet. But when that yeah. does eventually happen, spoilers, it seems to go from like that to full on like life or death relationship in yeah. an episode. It's like proper fucking teenage relationship, isn't it? It full on is to, to the point where we're at the end of season eight. Like she apparently now is the love of his fucking life. Like, yeah. and, and here's another thing. Like, do I, can I talk about this here? Yeah, go for it. Okay, well, I'll, I'll try and talk around it a little bit, but what happens at the end of season eight? Hmm. For me, I, I think on a personal character level for John, is nowhere near as gut-wrenching as what happens with Egret. No. But yet it's played off as though it should be. So... And I think the, the problem is, well, I mean, there's there was so, there are so many shades of grey when you look at John and, and Egret. Whereas by the time we get to John and Danny... And at the ending of that, you think, well, hang on, he had to do that. His, his character rings true to that, but he, it's just, you know, it's it's like, well, we try to make more of it. We try to make out there's more there than there is. Whereas with the gray, it's not, you know, it's the fact that they, you know, they had the sort of the, the time taken, the time ripped away from them where where they were separated. But then they, they he didn't even, you know, he didn't have any sort of say, and he didn't have any choice. And he was, she was, no, she was just taken away from him. Whereas, though, no, that he. He didn't know. He can't reconcile. At least, no. When we get to the end with Danny, he he makes a choice. He's doing yeah. what he does for the, for the good of the world. Whereas actually, with Egret, it was like, oh fuck, that happened. Then I, yeah. I can't I can't switch off. And I can't I can't console myself with the fact that that had to happen. Yeah. Uh, so I like I like not Danny. How about my queen? But I I hate everything about the two of them being together is what yeah. i'm saying here I, I, mean, I just i don't buy it the other thing i really dislike about this particular sequence is that again it, yeah it, it's there because they're trying to build you know the fact that there's a, there's a relationship and all the rest of it but it, again it's just a complete botch at the end of the episode for me i don't i don't think it belongs here you could have had that scene with with him convalescing after being the after the attack next week because you've had this really pacey episode and it's the longest episode they've had up until no up to this point but actually, there's probably three or four minutes across a couple of scenes they didn't need at all. Yeah, um, I think. I mean, it's a, it's a good again. It's a good scene, and, and the, the the work between them, you know, it's 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 very good. And I think you know, the 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 thing of him, you no, know, uh, no, they they're acknowledging each other at this point. That's all good. But it, I don't need it in this episode. I, I get what you're saying. I, I don't think you need too much of it in this episode. But I do think there's a. There's a finality to him finally bending the knee and calling her queen um, that would feel odd at the start of the next episode. But, I mean, it, it could it could live in the next episode quite easily. It doesn't have to be at the start, but it could be in that next episode because, again, you're then pushing forward into the next season. Uh, yes, you are, but I think there's, there's other work that's done next episode as well, which needs to 
sort of pick up off the back of that. So yeah, I, 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 yet. I can't remember, but I, I, I understand why it's here. There is, there is a finality to that. You know, she's saved his bacon. She's shown herself to be a fierce warrior in his eyes here. Um, she's shown herself to be a capable leader. So this is him finally going, yeah, okay. Uh, so she drives a mean bus as well. Don't forget. Yes. Um, so, so that's all. I, I'm okay with it. Um, it, and, it, it and it's, it's there. Not, I, I don't. I don't hate it. I just I think it's it it again we talked about it with the windfall so it just rips the pace out of it. I think that you know, does, we, we're does. going for this big ending and we've we've got a, you know, we've got a couple of minutes first where you're going oh, okay that's kind of that's going to finish it. We're winding down, winding down. Okay, I'm bored now. Um. So yeah, I I get that. Um. But I think I, I think it fits better here than it would next week. And and yeah, I mean uh, I also watched ahead, so I I, yeah, I can't remember. But I, I, I also I also kind of think that. To get the ending that we get, um, which is like finally, and I've even written now, this is a fucking cliffhanger. They've tried yeah. to pull off I don't know how many cliffhangers and fucked them up. Yes. Um, I think in order for that to fully work, and we've talked about this before when we've talked about cliffhangers, uh, in order for that to really work and have the maximum impact, there has to be a moment of calm before the storm. Yeah, there, there does. They, they need to think they're safe. Um, yes. It needs to be finished. And I get that. Um, yeah, there's, there's, it's just the, um, the unpacking of what we had in that last scene. I think it was just one of those. That I, by the time I got this, and I, I, I watched it last night after we finished, after we finished recording. So, I mean, I, I came to quite late. And I'm thinking, as I said, it's not finished yet. Fuck, we're doing this bit now. Yeah, I, I this bit now. I get it, it. Yeah. I get it. It is long. Um, but I, I think if not this, we. I, I think if you were going to lose anything, you should probably have lost the stuff at Winterfell. Would be the yeah. way to do it. Um, because I definitely do feel you need to take that breather from the battle in order to get into this cliffhanger because you almost need to kind of, you're not going to forget, but you almost just need to kind of have your mind elsewhere so that when you cut back, you go, oh yeah, that's right. Oh, fuck. is what, And that's the effect they want and that's what they yeah. get. And, and, and you're right. I mean, the, the, I mean, the, the cliffhanger, it's probably the best one you get in the entire show. And they, they, find, they finally got it right. We know, we know what blue eyes mean. We've seen them recover in Dragon. However, right, this is my big fucking logic gap. Where did them cunting chains come from? Did he have them in the shed? Has, uh, he been wait, has, has he been waiting the entire existence of the of the, the White Walkers just to get a dragon? He's been hoarding fucking chains for, for 50 Good point. Uh, I, okay, I hadn't thought of that at all. That was another fucking suspension disbelief moment that I went on with them. They needed change, so they had it because they pulled the dragon out of the ice again. When, you, when you're sucked in, when you're absorbed, you don't question these things. So, But you're dead, right? Um, however, he does have a big old fucking zombie giant, doesn't he, who's wrapped in chains. So maybe they're his. But, I mean, they, they, these are bigger than the fucking giant. Oh yeah, they were. But... I mean, I it, I remember thinking the first time I watched it. I mean, it, it's the sort of thing I, I do pick up, um, and I remember having a, a discussion with and say, same thing. I know I it's visually it's stunning, and it no it's the whole thing of them recovering the body and you think oh fucking oh yeah we know what that means shit yeah oh it's it's this no it's it's this real fucking kicker to end the episode and it works perfectly, but I'm just thinking hang on where the fuck have they come from? Did he nip down the juices and fucking buy a job lot? I mean, but I, yeah, who fucking knows? I, I just I don't get where they came from. No, and no, he just happened to have enough of them, and they're dragon-sized. I mean, it's not sure. like the ones you stick on the fucking armory with a little, little fucking two dot and two pound padlock. 
No, I mean he has got a massive army, so maybe one of them had some chains somewhere. I don't know. Um, I it's not something that bothers me. You're dead right. You're dead right. Um, but uh, whatever. He's got chains now. He's yeah, also got I, a fucking zombie dragon. Well, that's the he's got a zombie dragon, and I think that's the thing, and that will become even cooler next week. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those you think. You know, you're just thinking again. They they've they haven't thought. They've just gone. Ah, oh, nobody noticed that. Yeah. It's, they'll be too focused on the fact that you know he's recovering the dragon because at that point, if you hadn't thought of it already, you're now going to be going, "Fuck, he's got a dragon now." Totally. So um, I mean, yeah, it's just one of those. I, I, it just makes me laugh. It made me laugh the first time because it's just like, where the fuck did they come from? No, has he been hoarding ships? And he's taking all the fucking chains off because no, clearly that's where they all went. They all wanted to retrieve the uh, the chains from the shed. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know is the answer to that, but it doesn't it doesn't bother me. In an episode where we've had fucking logic gap after logic gap, but it, and look, this episode, let's make no let's make no bones about it. This episode is a great big dumb action sequence. Oh yeah, uh, and it's the best of them, I think. Yes. And, and that's just see, it's the best of them. It's not even necessarily the best executed, but it's my particular flavor. I so think the, the I'm thing with it as well, where where we've had big action episodes before especially when big fight episodes like battle of the bastards like blackwater um like we had a couple of weeks ago with jamie that um uh i can't remember the end of the episode um we you know we've had these battles and they've all and they've all been kind of much of a muchness in the way they've been shot it's, it's all very close it's all very tight it's all very, you know it's quick cuts and into that this is a big action sequence whereby actually we because we need the dragons in it and we need to get the sense of scale of it they've actually gone fucking balls out zombie movie huge fucking no, huge scale to it and it it feels a lot better i think that's what i mean so that's what i'm picking up from anyway is that we've know where we've had these action sequences before because they've tried to be cute with the budget and they've gone oh well we've only got a couple of days to do this or we need you know we've, we've got problems with the venue for that or we've got horses in this one so we can't do this and the other this one they've just gone you know what this is the thing we wanted to make this is the thing from day one if you gave us the fucking budget we wanted and said give us carte blanche to do what we liked this is what we would have fucking done yeah. And that's what this feels, and it feels it feels a lot more accomplished and a lot more complete because of it. Uh, yes, definitely, it, it definitely does, and it's like the only other action sequence that we had that I that I think I, I like even maybe half as much as this one is Hard Home, uh, and, yeah. and it's for the same fucking reasons. It's yeah. because this is what I want from the show. This yeah. is what I bought the ticket for. You know what I mean? Like this this is it. This is what I want, um, and and they do it really well. So, I mean, that's all to say, really, like I, as I said at the start, I love, love, love everything north of the wall in this episode. It is like yeah. the the interplay between all the characters is fantastic. You know, we, we get to spend some time with them. And, and like if we didn't love them before, we certainly do by the time the fucking bear approaches because we've seen them just have some knockabout banter and gotten the yeah. skin a bit. It all works really well. It's like some fucking just yeah action horror movie kind of thing um but you know there are with that comes the trope of having these massive logic gaps and plot holes but you kind of that goes with the territory you know you you name me any film in a genre like that that isn't full of plot holes you just have to go with it in order to get the kind of extreme mental action sequences that you get so i'm fine with that because it is just so fucking awesome um, but it just it loses momentum instantly every time we cut away, um, yeah. and because of that, I I kind of 
I'm ended up liking this a little bit less than I remember. And that is purely because even though it wasn't that long ago, mm. um, I had a bit of a Mandela effect with this where I thought it was one whole feature length episode end to end of just these guys north of the wall. And we've had this a few times um, in, in the last couple of seasons. I mean, we had it with Battle of the Bastards. I, I can't remember where, but we've, there's a couple of times we mentioned it. But actually, yeah, this this does seem to be a, a bit of a theme whereby actually you go back to it. And I mean, I, I certainly feel a little bit cheated sometimes when you go, hang on. Yes. I don't, this isn't what I remember. This isn't, I mean, I remember the events. I remember um, the dragon dying. I remember the spear. I remember the fucking, you know, the, the island in the ice. I remember the hound throwing the rocks because it's fucking hilarious. I remember the, the mechanics and I remember the scenes with Sansa and Arya and you know, finding the faces. And I, I remember all of that. But putting that together, it just doesn't seem to translate. And because of that, I, I do feel a little bit cheated. And also I feel that it's to the detriment of the episode whereby they could have done they could have done what they did. And if they wanted to go for the longer episode, they could have they could have spent up no a little bit more time building up, no, building up the tension where you do have the bit where you no know, you got the bear comes out of nowhere, you get the bit where you no know, where all is lost before the fucking dragon comes in, all is lost before Benjamin comes in. You've got these bits which they could have just taken a little bit more time just to ramp up a little bit more tension. Instead of going back to Dragonstone or going back to Winterfell every time. Yeah, agreed. So that kind of leaves me ultimately at, you know, I still really fucking enjoyed it. It's still yeah. one of my favorite episodes, but it's left me with it being more of a kind of a solid to high end eight out of 10. Yeah. As, as opposed to the fucking full on 11 out of 10 that I would have told you it was before rewatching it. Yeah. Um, because you know there are few bits in it that i felt weren't needed belonged somewhere else or just annoyed me um and i don't and i don't remember them for first time and actually i think that's more credit to the stuff that works than it is criticism of the stuff that doesn't is that i'd forgotten they existed because the rest of it is so fucking awesome like yeah i did remember the beer i did remember the hound throwing rocks i did remember that fucking amazing shot of beric lighting his sword up and holding it up to his face um, just there's so much good stuff in here that there I just is. give it a pass on just about everything that I dislike this week. Yeah, I think the, the biggest problem is that I think because we're watching it through a different lens now. You no, know, the first time we watched it, we were watching it as fans of the show, we're watching it for enjoyment, we're watching it to see what happens with the story and how it's going to progress. Whereas now, because we've seen through to the end, we know where it goes, we know how badly that goes. And we're looking at it in terms of, right, okay, well, what did or didn't work? How how has this gone wrong? Because we're looking for that. I think that the, any enjoy or not any, not all the enjoyment we had of watching it from the first time around, but a lot of the a lot of the, the the sort of the natural reaction to seeing stuff for the first time, it just isn't there. And it's you're always gonna feel a little bit let down by that. And I think that this just there t- there's so many good things in this episode. I mean, every time you come away from that and you go to Another scene with Littlefinger and Sansa for the fucking sixth time this season. Or you go to Tyrion being ignored by Danny because she can't be fucking bothered to listen to him again. We have, and we've had all this so many times. Like, oh, fuck's sake, just go back north. Just go back north. And it, you, I mean, I almost feel let down by, yeah. by my memory in, in that respect. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, I still, it's easily the best episode this season. Oh, God, um, yeah. Still without shadow of a doubt one of the best of the show for me yeah. so yeah i'll agree with that yeah yeah good um, stuff yeah i mean as as always um we'd love to know what people think of that um just because i mean the the, re- the response to this episode was very mixed anyway 
Um, lots of people praised it for the scale, for the you know, for the effects, and so even the way it did progress certain parts of the story. But then other people railed on the fact that you know, time is inconsequential, and you've got these logic apps we've pulled out. Um, so yes, I mean, whatever your thoughts are, please let us know. Get in touch um, on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. You can go to our website, ddpodcast.net, where you can leave comments on there as well. That's finally our, our other shows and our previous episodes. Uh, on Facebook and YouTube with the Devil Down Podcast Network. So um, like, share, subscribe, leave some messages there as well. Wherever you get your podcast from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music. Um, again, like, share, subscribe, leave some messages. We'll be back to you as best we can. Until next time. Game over.